0: Alameen Today's uh, topic that's given to me to talk about is the light of Islam in a hopeless night. It's an interesting topic uh, from the perspective of the time that we are going through. The circumstances that we are living in. And inshallah, we'll try to make it as relevant as possible with the current situations that we are in. When we talk about uh, just the hopelessness or hopeless, if you look through any dictionary, you'll find the meaning of the word hopeless as without any hope or without any uh, kind of a you cannot see any way out or providing no hope beyond optimism and not able to perform anything. So you don't see any way out, basically. And while the hope is the opposite of that, and we'd like to talk about, one, what is causing the hopelessness among the people, which is a triggering action... Desperate actions by individuals And in some cases you see it even by states acting in hopeless manner While Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, gives us the hope And in an absolute manner Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in one of the ayahs that was one of the last ayah that was revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, And the part of the ayah probably we hear all the time. I will take a little bit before that ayah, which is in Surah Al-Ma'idah. As we know, Surah Al-Ma'idah is one of the last surahs that were revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اليوم يَئِثَا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِن دِينِكُمْ فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this day those who disbelieve including the shaitan have given up all the hopes of your deen. Meaning he has lost the hope, shaitan has lost the hope, kuffar has lost the hope against the one who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who are following the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then the ayah goes on, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي And do not fear them, fear me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about himself. And then the ayah goes, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَاتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نَعْمَةِ وَرَدِيدُ لَكُمْ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Today we have perfected your deen. And we have fulfilled our blessings to you. And we are, we are pleased with your deen al-Islam. This is the thing that revealed to Hamas, This ayah that was revealed. When it was revealed, the Yehud came. And they said, if we, this ayah would have revealed to us, we would have made this day as the day of Eid. As some of the riwayat discusses that. That this ayah was revealed during the Hajj that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi was performing. And Umar ibn Khattab replied to the Jew who came to him and was uh, saying this. He said, yes, we know, we know that day and we have marked that day because that's the day of celebration for us as well. The days of the Hajj that is followed by the Eid that we celebrate every year. So that's what Islam talks about. But in today's circumstances, the reason we are talking about today, this subject, is all of us are aware of what happened in Texas a couple of days ago. I think it's called Uvalde, Texas. A mass shooter, 18-year-old, a high school student, entered into an elementary school. One of the saddest things that you can think of, those helpless children... When we say elementary school, this is, you're talking about age group of from 5 years to 10 years, 11 years, maybe maximum 12 years old. This is the age group that was targeted by this guy. This young man who just turned 18 himself, and before entering into the elementary school, he shot his grandmother as well. And then he entered there and killed... 19 innocent children and two teachers. And this was not far off from the day that people were still mourning and many of those dead in Buffalo were not even buried yet. The mass shooting that happened in Buffalo. Another 18-year-old who went on killing spree and killed 10 people following some junk White supremacist ideology that pushed him into this kind of an action, the heinous action that he performed by killing people. He probably did not even know who they were. Only thing that was he was saying was that they were black. This is why he chose a very specific area, a supermarket, which was in the area which was mostly black People were living in that neighborhood. And not long ago, in Chicagoland, we are aware of, by the sculpture of the bean on Michigan Street, a 16 year old was killed by a 17 year old. (laughs) Look at the ages, the kind of things that they are doing. And that really makes you sad, makes you think what direction is the nation heading towards. And you will hear this hadith, many people will be quoting, and it is very well said by our beloved messenger, sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. when he said, Subhanallah. It exactly applies on the times that we we are living in this hadith is reported by imam muslim in, in his sahih and abu hurairah is reporting this hadith and its the meaning of the hadith is rasulullah said by him in whose hand is my life a time would come when the murderer would not know why he was commi- why he was committing that act of murdering and the one who's murdered he would not know why he was killed Isn't that the reality we are in today? Isn't that the time we are in? The one who's killing, he has no clue. The reason I'm saying he has no clue, yes, it is an action that is premeditated. He wanted to go and do it. But look at the age that he's committing an action and the action that has no value added to him or anybody in the world besides destroying his own life and many other lives. And when we talk about These kids have been killed. Or those African-American, Americans who were killed in Buffalo. Or 16-year-old killed in Chicago. They have families. It does not stop there that these people are killed and the mourning ends there. This impacts the lives of many people after that as well. And it does have a trickle-down effect as well. And not only this hadith, that reminds me of one of the ayat that was revealed for the house and Khazret during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi If you remember, during the time of Rasulullah sallallahu when he was sent as a messenger, there were people at that time in the days of pre-Islamic era, the Jahiliya, the days of ignorance. The tribes used to fight with each other, sometimes for decades, for very silly reasons. A horse of a weaker tribe person won the race. Or a camel grazed into the land that did not belong to the owner of the camel. And on and on and on. You find many, many silly reasons that people were killing each other. And it was always one common thing you will find in here. Which is, the strong was trying to abuse the weak. And I will talk about that even in the scenarios that we are talking about. Because 18-year-old or 16-year-old or 17-year-old. And in some cases, you will find even younger age groups are acting like that. But you will see, and I'm not going to become a psychologist here to go and assess the person who's not even alive anymore and to figure out why exactly he acted this way. But we are intelligent enough, all of us, to see around us why the people behave the way they behave now, why why the way we behave the way we behave we can evaluate these things for sure. And from there, we can understand that what is causing these kinds of behavior among the people. And one common thread will be there, and I'll talk about, first I will talk about the other things that people think that are causing it. And when I was looking at these mass shootings, one of the piece of news I came across, I came across and I was surprised that this year already a lot until the month of May, there are 201 mass shootings have happened in the United States. And watching on CNN, you can go and look look it up. That mass shootings in 2022. And the headline of the news is, it took CNN anchor three minutes, three minutes, just to list the cities where these uh, mass shootings happened in 2022. And you know, sometimes we throw the number, we don't realize what it means. What it means by that is, 201 mass shootings until the month of May. Each month has about four weeks or more. That means there are about five times four, 20 weeks have passed. So about 10 mass shootings happen every week. While we are sitting here today, probably there's mass shooting happening somewhere. And this is not specific to certain areas you will find that it is spread out all across the United States. And when we talk things like that, the things are spread out and not limited to certain ethnic groups or certain uh, social group or economic group or locality. And if it's happening in all across these places, that shows it is not an outlier. It is not some individual thing that has happened at one place. Rather, it is a systemic issue. And this has to be understood. Something that is systemic that needs a systemic solution. We cannot understand a problem as systemic and then think of it that the systemic problem can be solved by just fixing certain individuals. Systemic problems need systemic solutions. That has to be completely understood by all of us. And when we say mass shootings, mass shootings in general is defined as anywhere when the shooting happens, four or more people have been injured or killed. That means, the 200 means that at least there are 800 people, they are either killed or injured. I'm taking a very, I'm taking the lowest number here, but I'm saying this. We know that about 21 were killed in the last mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. In the elementary school already. And that does not include the killer, by the way. So if you include him, it's 22. So this is a huge number of people who are getting hurt. And not to mention the extended families which have been impacted by this. And it's not only that. We understand that from all these mass shooters, there's one one common thing is there for sure, which is hopelessness. And I'll talk about what is causing the hopelessness separate issue. But hopelessness is the key thing here. And this hopelessness is not only causing the mass shooting, but also causing many people in the United States who are committing suicides. In 2020 alone, I was looking for other numbers, but this one was available from my previous notes as well. So I took that one. It's not really funny, unfortunately. It sounds funny, but... There were 45,000-plus people committed suicide in 2020. In the United States. I'm not talking about the whole world. And again, I'm going to tell you about what does it mean that 45,000-plus people dying. It means, while we are sitting here talking, which is about, what? An hour, inshallah that would mean that there's about five or more than five people have committed suicide during that time. This is the reality that we are living in. This is what hopelessness is causing in the United States. So while I was talking, I forgot about the incident I was going to bring up. And that needs to be brought up here. Which is in the time of Rasulullah when those people were killing each other, the ayah that was revealed about them about the Ausim awesome Khazraj that says, وَعَتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعٌ وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hold on to the rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not get into differences. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the Ausim awesome Khazraj especially. And of course it applies to uh, all the people. وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنتُمْ عَدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ فَاسْبَحْتُمْ بنعمته إخوانا. وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَىٰ شفا مِّنَ النَّارِ wa <laughs> that remember the na'mah from Allah Azza over you, your hearts, how Allah brought your hearts together with the Na'mah and brought, made you brothers. You were about to enter into the pit of the hellfire. And Allah سبحانه وتعالى said to you that tribalism, the nationalism that existed among them, that was causing the destruction to the point they were at the edge of destroying themselves. And Allah subhanahu وتعالى in another place mentions, "Wa allafa biin qulubihim lo anfakta ma fil ardh jamiaa, ma allafta biin qulubihim, ولكن الله allafa بينهم إنه عزيز حكيم." Allah سبحانه وتعالى says that I And He has united their hearts, the believers. If you had spent all that is in the earth, you could have not been able to unite their hearts. But Allah has united them. Certainly He is almighty all wise. So today, when we are talking about United States, where this is happening, and you will find that many people will be discussing this, that this is only happening in United States and nowhere else. The mass shooting the issue that we're discussing, is only happening in United States. It doesn't happen anywhere else except United States. Why is it like that? You will see President Biden is talking about from one angle and then, what's the name of the guy, the Texas governor? He's talking from another angle. Um, Ted Cruz, sorry. The, The X one, the previous one. And making it a political issue as if it is a political issue, but from a different way. In current times when people say, oh don't make it a political issue, it's is, don't play with it. That's what they mean by that. Even though it is a political issue. It is the issue of taking care of the affairs of the people. And we as Muslims should not shy away from this idea that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the previous messengers before him as well. To run the politics of the people. To run the affairs of the people. And any of us who think we as Muslims should not talk about politics, we should rethink what we are saying. I think we don't realize when we say that. It is very important for us to understand that. That is the key purpose of us being Muslim. To run our affairs according to commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is part of the politics. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said كانت بني إسرائيل تسوسهم والأنبياء that the Bani Israel, they were running the affairs. they were doing the siyasa تسوسهم والأنبياء they were running the affairs of the people, one prophet would die, Allah would send another prophet who will take over, La Nabi Badi الله صلى الله عليه there is no prophet after me فاتفروا خلفاء, but there will be خلفاء after there are many, so that's that's what Islam said, Islam when we say politics in Islam, what we mean by that is to run the affairs of the people by Islam, by the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the command of the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the only way that can bring the justice for the mankind, the only way that can give the hope to the mankind, the only way that can p- take the people out of hopelessness, the misery that they are living in. That's the only way. Yes, the part of taking after the people is also to make sure that not only that mu'mala, the transaction, the people have been run according to command of Allah, but also the people worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Yes, they do for Allah. Yes, they do zakah. Yes, they do the hajj, uh, uh, fasting uh, uh, in the month of Ramadan, and on and on and on, but it includes all the affairs of life. That's what Islam says about the politics. So let's not be fooled by this kind of of an idea, shaitan, Places in our minds sometimes. The brothers do not talk about politics. No. Islam tells us to talk about that. This is why we have to talk about how to run the affairs of the people according to the commands of Allah. That's what I mean. In Islam, when we say politics in Islam, does not mean that you are going to make false promises, lie to the people, make you turns left and right. And then say, in politics, that is expected from you. This is one of the things that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is really angry about, about those rulers who lie. A king who lies, a sultan who lies, the one who has authority and he lies. So, now, we understand the, the problem that we are talking about and the impact of that problem when we talk about these mass shootings that are happening in schools and other places as well, and we hear many times people say things like that, well, you know what? It is the video games that the kids are playing that's causing it. Sometimes it is said, oh, they are doing copycats because of the social media, the way things are, or there are mental diseases, or they have easy access to firearms, so gun laws have to be made, or there is uh, uh, people do not have the purpose of life all these things are said, and we also say this also is a systemic problem. So let's look into these things and what, what is happening to the youth. So now, when we look around in our lives, and I'm just talking about just talking about the reality first. The reality of the matter is, especially talking about the youth. Youth have been indulged into alcohol and substance use all across the United States and even other parts of the world who are living under man-made laws. This is the reality that we are living in. Look at the alcohol. And I will not be making, I don't want to bore you with all these numbers that I have too. I have so many stats. If I start just going through the stats, we will be sitting here all night. But just to have something so you can taste it. And these numbers are a couple of years old. So these numbers definitely have gone up what I'm giving you now. 68% of 12 graders have tried alcohol. 68%. And the reason I say these numbers, especially in the masjid sometime, it's important to say it, because I don't want our uh, parents here, and even the youth, the youth to think that, oh, this, these numbers are for the kuffar. When we talk about 68%, there's a very high possibility that the Muslim may be involved. And I know youth who are sitting here, they will become witness that they know the youth, Muslim youth who are involved in these things. I'm not trying to make it up. And by the way, I was a young man at 1.2, And I grew up in a Muslim country. I returned back to Pakistan and meeting one of my high school friends. And he asked me that if you'd like to drink something And the brothers who are from Pakistan, they understand. When somebody said drink, you mean pop. Yeah? Coke or Pepsi or 7-Up or Fanta or whatever the drinks are. No, 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 no. He's talking about the drink. Really, the way you would say here in this country. And I was in college those days. And I was just shocked. What the heck is going on here? Okay? And when I refused, a couple of other instances... And I was told, are you coming from United States or are you coming from Mecca? This is the kind of comments I heard even. So what I'm trying to say is not bringing my examples only, but I know I'm very well aware of the very same things can be among the Muslims as well. Because when we are living in a system, we do get impacted. So let's not live in some la-la lane that, no, 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 I'm not going to get impacted. And there are other numbers about alcohol. For example, when the survey was taken, just about the last month, throughout their high school time, last month, how many have drank? 35% of them, meaning one in every three in a month period of time. And there are numbers that you can find, you can pull them up. In general, the average age, the, kids, the people who, who drink, they have been exposed to the idea or, or they have drank At the age as young as 9 years old, 10 years old. They start drinking at that age even. Sexual abuse. One in five, every five women in the United States, they have been abused by their intimate partners. One in five, and another number talks about, in the United States, one in five women get raped. 20% of the women get raped. We're not even talking about the cons- consensual sex or anything here. Yeah. This is just the rape numbers. And these rape numbers, now because of all those other permutations that exist, you might between the men and women, men and men women, and men, women and men, women and women, whatever those numbers are. Then, as we talk about the Buffalo shooting, racism has continuously causing problems, in United States because the base of this country was built on the idea of racism and still continues on the Buffalo shooting, as I talked about a couple of days ago, that was a two year anniversary of George Floyd when whole this black Lives matter movement, even though it started before that, but it became more and more powerful. But what do we see after that? People come out on the street and after that they calm down, go home, and then nothing happens. And there are many, many other incidents about the racisms that exist. Poverty is another problem, not only in the United States, but in the whole world. Like, for example, 25,000 people die on a daily basis because of hunger in the world. 25,000 people, which is over 1,000 people every hour While we're sitting here, about thousand more than thousand people have died because of hunger, which is which comes out to be nine point one million people die every year. And if you go and try to look for, if you look for the the populations of the countries, you will find that majority number wise, because they are very small countries as well of the countries do not even have a population of 9 million people. 9 million people, they get wiped out every year. And when we say 25,000, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, last night. And I asked him, the college that he's going to, how many students are there? And how much was it? DePaul is what? 37,000? Attendance, something like this. You know what? When we say 25,000 people die every day out of hunger, it means The campus, everybody who lives there will be dead in less than two days. There are suburbs who have the the population of less than 25,000 people. You're talking about in a day, the whole suburb will be gone. A city will be wiped out. That's what it means by that. Let's not just think of it, oh, it's just 25,000 people or 9.1 million people dying every day, When you relate it to yourself and the surrounding around you that really makes sense then. That's what it means by that. And now the question comes in is what is the common thread in all those things? The common thread here is whether it is hunger, whether it is sexual abuse, whether it is the use of drugs, whether it is use of alcohol, all those things are caused by injustice that the people are facing and they are becoming hopeless. The weak does not find a way, find a hope for himself and ends up becoming a hopeless. And he does not think that he can solve his problems anymore. He thinks that he, the only way out for him is to take his life and hope, as many people he can take out. This is what's causing the mass shootings out there. So it's not the issue of making, politicizing in that manner of, oh, let's come up with making gun laws. Yes, then maybe you have to make gun laws. I'm not talking about that they don't need to be. That's the administration of many things have to be done properly. For example, people are aware of this one in five women getting raped, but how come the pornography has not, the, the, the whole thing about pornography, which is out there, that has not been, there's no laws to control that, You sit on the computer and pop-ups will come up on your computer, you don't even know what the heck is happening here. So that's the reality that we are living in. Though the people make that as a political maneuvering, it will become, even among the Muslims, unfortunately, as well. Let's talk about this now. So we will prepare our candidates around this law so we can get some exposure, so we can talk to the people. While we as Muslim understand that, our solutions come from Islam. It's not the issue of the people are the one who are going to be making the laws. So what is the solution then? Is the solution that we talk about this issue that America has 4.4% of the population of the world, but it has 40% of the firearms in the hands of the civilians? So let's restrict the access to the firearms. Is this going to solve the problem? Maybe, maybe not. How many things are we going to be like reactionary like this? We have to understand why these things are happening and solve the problem accordingly. It's not the issue of just one law. We may be able to make one law at the expense of causing another problem somewhere else. This is how the human being makes the laws. When it's left to the human being to make the laws, they make the laws by looking at the benefits for them, for a few individuals, or even the majority of the people. And then you start, end up suppressing the minority in that case. Because humans do not have what it takes to make the laws that will be just for all the mankind. So we will un- continuously be unjust. We'll be causing injustice for the people. We will continue to cause scenarios where we'll be hopelessness, there will be hopelessness for the people. So does Islam even have a solution for that? That's the question we should be asking. All the time we should say this, okay, does Islam have a solution? Okay, first, we have to understand, we are believers, we are Muslims, we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is all-knowing. He is the one who is not in need of anything. He is the one when he gives us solutions for the mankind. They are unbiased solutions for the mankind. When we believe... That Islam does provide all the solutions. When Allah says, Allah says, we have revealed this book that explains everything, and it has the guidance and the mercy of Bushra al-Muslimin and has the glad tidings for the believers. Do we believe in this? Do we really believe in this that Islam does provide the solution? If we do believe, then we will look for any problem that comes up, go we'll back to the Islam then. Because Islam does provide all the answers for the problem. And when we say that, let's talk about a little bit about, what does it mean by hope when Islam talks about hope? When you look for the hope, word hope, you will find the word like, like arju, or amal. These are the words that you see for the hope in Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that there is best example in the life of Muhammad اللَّهَ But for whom is the best example in there? The one who hope in meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hope that has hope in Allah and the day of judgment and he remembers Allah a lot. And the one who do not believe, look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells, them about, tells us about them. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ لَا يَرْجِوْنَ بِالْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا بِهَا وَالَّذِينَهُمْ عَنْ غَافِلُونَ Those who hope not for their meeting with us Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but are pleased and satisfied with the life of the present world. So the one who do not believe the hope, they do not have the hope in meeting Allah, they do not have the hope in life after death, then for them everything becomes dunya. And that's what the current systems of life in the world are giving to the people. This hopelessness, because they are giving the system of life that rejects Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the lives of the people. When people talk about sexualism, they are pulling, the, pulling Allah azza wa jal from the life affairs. When people are talking about freedom, while they know there is no such thing called absolute freedom for nobody You will always have laws around you So what does it mean by freedom when somebody says freedom We're looking for freedom The only means there is We want to free ourselves from Allah Azza wa Jal The rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And we want to enslave the people To the rules of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Just up to us Whose slave we want to be, the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the slave of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the one who is on the top of all the human beings, let's say the one where you make one ruler on top of all, what is he following them? And you give him the authority to him to make the law. Now he is following another creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is his own desires. So no matter what, we are bound to be slaves, either the slave of Allah. Or the slaves, to the creation of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> On the other hand, when Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is giving us the hope, shaitan wants us to be hopeless. Shaitan wants us to be hopeless, as Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "Al-Shaytanu yaidukum bil-fahsha." Wa Shaitan threatens you. He wants you to become hopeless. He threatens you of poverty. And in the Fahar they talk about, and they talk about fa. Fas in general means illicit behavior. But fasha here means he wants the people to be involved running after the wealth, because he's scaring them of poverty. To gain the wealth, to gain the capital, they're willing to do every kind of sins by disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every sense so they can gather some capital. Hence, capitalism comes into existence. Everything revolves around capital. And on the contrary to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a promise that, the promise of the maghfirah, the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying. Because one of the things shaitan tries to do is he wants us to think that we have done so many sins. Hence, we have lost anyways. So let's get whatever we can get in this dunya only. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us of his maghfirah. His forgiveness. That's the hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam talks about that, that... Uh, 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 Ibn if, if, if Adam دَعُوتَنِي غَفَرْتُ لَكَ عَلَى مَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that uh, Allah says son of Adam as long as you supplicate to me and hope in me I will pardon you and the hadith goes on that in spite of what you have done and I do not care son of Adam if your sins were so numerous as to reach the lofty regions of the skies return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will forgive you. So Allah promises that. And even if you go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meet Allah azza wa jal, not associating anything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will forgive us. But remember that. Shirk, when we say, associating with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we say, let's not think of it, that shirk is only bowing down to a statue. A God made of stones or, the, or, or dates or, 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 or uh, of sand or whatsoever nowadays you can make with anything. God is not only that that people make. You can make God of yourself. You can start worshipping yourself, your own desires. You can start worshipping other people. When we are disobeying Allah in the obedience of the others, we are worshipping them. When we start making them the the thing, Allah is the one who is supposed to provide us. The laws have to come from Allah Azza wa We all know as Muslims. And then we say, no, the man is going to make. So what are we doing? We are doing the shirk. We are making partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sifat here, the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is al-hakim. Then why are we looking for any other hakim in that sense of making the rules? Legislation belongs to only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and nobody else. And when I say injustice is the key thing here, because all those cases people are reaching out to drugs or alcohol or womanizing or even doing rape or uh, all these same the kind of things that i have mentioned it is because of they feel helpless and they're trying to calm themselves down somehow when they're going approaching the drugs for example so one way they can peace has uh, gain some peace for their mind so it's the injustice that's causing all those things. Now, sometimes what happens, as Muslims, we start thinking that, man, I was born in this situation. What can I do? Now I have to do whatever, whatever I can. In these times, the people are doing. I'll continue the same things. That always remind me of one of the stories, and I'll share with you guys. So, well, inshallah, you'll remember before we complete the talk today. This is a hadith of one of the Sahabi Al-Miqdad bin Raswad He was sitting And this hadith is reported by Imam Ahmad So Jubair bin Mufair said We sat with Al-Miqdad al aswad One day, a man passed by And he praised the eyes of Al-Miqdad He praised his eyes Because He was a Sahabi of Rasulullah He praised his eyes that he, these eyes saw Rasulullah. And Al-Miqdad got angry. SubhanAllah, Sahabi, the Jubair uh, bin Nufair, he is confused. The, the guy who passed by, he praised him in reality. It, it felt like he was praising. But Al-Miqdad got angry. Miqdad said, Why do you wish to be in the time that Allah chose you not to be in? Allah chose you to be in this time. To not to see Muhammad wasallam. You don't know the time we had with Rasulullah We He said, we know our own brothers or our own parents who did not accept Islam. We know that they were going to hellfire. That was a very painful thing for us to, see, to know. Our own family members, they will be going into the hellfire. Why do you want to be in that situation that you have to choose Why Allah made you born in a Muslim family. So now today, we should not be thinking of, oh, if I was in the other era, other time, I would have been doing something better. No, Allah is the one who chose us to be in this time. Allah knows the best what time is good for us. Allah knows us best which time, which area, which location, which family we were supposed to be born in. What is good for us? Allah appointed us, placed us in that situation. So let's not be the one who disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this way by complaining to Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala that he chose them to be in this situation when all these atrocities are happening and the time we feel like it's a hopeless time but at the t- same time we should remember that Allah placed us in this time with this message of Islam and it's on our shoulders to not only be hopeful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that's what Islam makes us but also take this hope to the rest of the mankind. Because we are the barriers or the carriers of this hope. And if we don't carry it, we become the barriers. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have made you the ummatun the, wasata, the, the just ummah, the ummah which is the best ummah, who are going to be witness over mankind and muhammad sallallahu he was a witness over us now it's up to us to carry this message to the mankind and once again save them from the hellfire the brink of the hellfire they are at they are about to enter into the pit fire pit of fire as allah ta'ala talked about the usan khazat as i talked about in the beginning of the talk so Let's be the one who can save the mankind And I'll conclude with this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ayyuhal ladheena amnus tajeebu lillahi wa lirrusuli, Idha da'akum lima yuhyikum O you who believe Answer the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That gives you life To what they call call you with Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe.